Sport on on SAFM. So, as I keep mentioning, the future is bright for South Africa's new sprint sensation, Patuchedzo Maswanganyi. I caught up with him earlier uh, today. He has uh, a scholarship to go to the University of Houston. He's still here in South Africa. He went uh, last year to go check it out, uh, but he's supposed to leave later this year and he's hoping that he can leave. Uh, well, because of COVID-19, I asked him, I mean, what is the state now or where is the situation now? When does he expect to go to the U.S.? Uh, yes, I am, because um, it's it's a matter of my visa. So I still need to organize, sort out my visa and, every, and everything, but the embassies are closed um, because we're only on level three, and I think only international travel will be allowed in level two. Uh, at the same time, I'm supposed to start in August. So it's, it's quite a lot. It's quite a lot to take in, but um, I'm hoping for the best. Mm. And maybe for those who are not aware of your background, how did the opportunity to go to Houston come about? Uh, I started, uh, so as I was doing, I was doing well and progressing in my track uh, career. Uh, I reached out to a scholarship uh, agency called uh, Athletics uh, Scholarship Media, ASM. Um, they're basically a worldwide scholarship media that uh, reach, like helps um, kids connect to schools overseas. It started because, uh, well, I decided to go to the States because I just felt like um, I needed to actually get a degree overseas, and I, I just needed to think bigger than track. Um, so I got connected to ASM through my friend, Sonolo Lamau, former world youth champ in 2017. Um, I asked him how he managed to go to the States, and um, he connected with the right people. And and when it comes to the studying then, what will you be studying? Uh, I'm planning to study uh, business, uh, because that's always been my passion. I've always been more entrepreneurial-minded uh, and money-based, uh, in terms of like business management, uh, organization skills, and just making money work for me, you know. Mm. And and I believe you had other opportunities to go to other uh, other universities, but you chose Houston. Is it because they've got legends like Carl Lewis and Leroy Barrel? And how much did you know about them while growing up? I mean, I watched a lot of track videos um, as, uh, as as soon as I fell in love with track around sixteen or so. Um, for me, I got around 25 uh, scholarship offers to D- Division One universities. Uh, that's basically one of the like that's basically all the top universities uh, in the US. Um, I think they work in three tiers: D1, D2, and D3. So um, I, I evaluated all my offers, and um, I managed to visit five of the universities. So I got to feel the universities for themselves and see what they really are, like how living they it really is. So therefore, um, I just felt like Houston was the best pick for me, not only because of the two legends themselves, but the relationships that I managed to, to build in such a short time I was there, as well as the environment there is actually, it reminds me of South Africa. The weather is, like, has a similar climate to South Africa, and the major thing about track and field is climate. Mm-hmm. And and having already met the legends, I mean, how have your interactions been with, with the Carl Lewis? What, what is he expecting of you when you finally go that side? I mean, we already have plans in place uh, in terms of uh, what we need to get done. Uh, we, we we started speaking last year, December. That's when I started speaking to Coach uh, Burrell, and he connected me to Coach Carl because they work hand-in-hand, obviously. So then we started planning everything. Every day, we, every two, three days, we always interacting, making sure we, uh, we're good. And he knows exactly what I'm up to. He always keeps me updated what's happening that side. And, I mean, it, it, it's amazing to have a legend like that, literally just a phone call away. Um, I mean, I speak to him some days when I just, just need a little motivation um, or I just need a little bit of advice, you know. And it's, it's it's amazing. I mean, it's a privilege. I treat it as a privilege and I'm grateful for it. 
You also do long jump. Was that also a motivation maybe to go that side because he's also known for his long jump, of course? Uh, yes, it did play a role because um, the, one of the main things uh, that uh, he saw potential in me or because he, he saw something different. Not many kids nowadays are sprinting and doing long jump. They like specializing, etc. So with me, um, he saw that now nah, he's still keeping long jump in the mix. He's still doing well in 200, still doing well in the 100. And he has uh, the right build to, to be able to, you know, handle these events. So it's not like every every competition I'm going to, I'm going to be doing 100, 200 long jump mm-hmm. or like um, 100, 200 long jump and relay. So some meets I'll just be going doing the 100 and the long jump. And maybe some meets I'll be doing the 200 and the long jump. It just depends on what the team needs and where the points are. So it's, it's, it's a good thing to be versatile. You caught a lot of people's attention uh, this year, earlier this year, when you ran that 10.06. How do you look back at that at, at that race and that record that you set? I mean, I felt like I could have went faster, you know, but um, it, it's been a, it, it was a great it was a great race. Just that day, actually, the whole day, the way it was set up, um, I, I knew today, I knew that day I was going to do something special, the 14th of March. Uh, it started off in the heat already when Akani, when I saw Akani uh, run a 991, I, I just knew that, okay, now, today, today people are going fast and I need to play my part and deliver. Ever since then, I mean, a lot of people have been reaching out to me, congratulating me, and I'm grateful for every little bit of support I get. And I mean, it's 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 good to be a rising star, as people have said. And were you already in touch with your coaches uh, during? I mean, were you in touch with your coach during this time before the race? Did you speak to Coach Carl or Coach uh, Barrel? Ah, uh, yes, I did speak to Coach Carl uh, the night before actually, because I ran the 200. There was like uh, the athletics club thing, no chance. There was a Friday and Saturday meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Friday, I didn't do so well in the 200, but I ran a good time. I ran 20.5 in the heat. And in the final, I mean, I just went out a little bit too fast in the beginning and I couldn't hold my own at the end. And I lost by like, I think like 13 splits or so. So, I mean, it had like, it played a, role, it played a bit of mind games on me. And I was thinking, I was wondering like how I would do. I was kind of anxious. So um, when I got back, I managed to call Coach Carl. It's the time difference. It was like around about the afternoon then, so we spoke for like an hour. So um, he told me to keep my mind at, keep focused, and then he gave me a little, a few tips every now of of all my races, uh, and then we just took it from there. And the next day, I, I made magic happen. Mm. And if it wasn't for COVID nineteen, I mean, what were your targets uh, for the year? Did you think you had an outside chance, maybe, of making the Olympic squad? I mean, I was already in the I was preliminary in the provisional squad relay squad. Uh-huh. So um, I, I was already in the relay squad, and I was zero point zero one shy of the Olympic qualifier. So I mean, if I had more races in, who knows? I could have uh, possibly reached that Olympic qualifier. But a lot of meets were cancelled for 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 the year, and it it hurt a little bit. But I mean, it it, it has to happen. But I, I just treat treat it as more of an opportunity because these meets will happen next year, except for World Juniors, but everything else Olympics, African seniors will happen next year and it will give me more time to prepare, um, build my mental my mental strength as well as my physical and emotional. Are you thinking of a sub-10 in the 100? Are you feeling any pressure now after what you've done? Uh, I don't feel any pressure. I don't like putting pressure on myself. But I do know, and my coach knows, or like all my coaches know that when it's time for me to rise, I will rise to the occasion. So I just treat it as, as a cub. So every day I'm just gonna keep doing me. I'm just gonna go to training. I'm just gonna put in the work, put in the sacrifices, and everything else will fall in place as time comes. 
And as we wrap up now, as the country celebrates Youth Day today, part two, do you realize maybe how fortunate you are to have these opportunities to study abroad, especially as a young black athlete, considering where we come from as a country? Uh, yes, I'm very grateful for it, every little bit of it, because, I mean, it, 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 it goes back. It goes back. I mean, my parents my parents and my great-grandparents great, great were athletes as well, but they couldn't go far because of the current, or well, because of the past struggle of apartheid and everything else. Um, but I, I remember I made a promise to my grandmother that um, I, w- I will do what she couldn't do, you know, although she's more of a long-distance um, athlete, but um, I did try to keep my end of the promise of representing the country internationally. So I'm very grateful for it. Great. And how much do you know about her career as a long-distance athlete? Um, I just know she used to do a lot of road, uh, road running meets, uh, but she couldn't really go far. She couldn't compete at, like, championships or any big events because, obviously... She was just limited, and also the funding back then was more obviously shifted to uh, like other, like the other race, you know. Mm. And black people were never given really that opportunity to compete. But uh, from what I've heard about my grandmother, she she was a hard worker. But yeah, the opportunities never really presented themselves. And finally, what's your youth day message, maybe to to your to your fellow peers on this day? Uh, our, our, my message to them would be uh, to educate themselves about the past, but not so much that they create pain in their hearts, but use it as motivation and realize that there are opportunities now that are present that were never present before in the past. And every little bit of opportunity must be grabbed with both hands. And it's always best to just focus, uh, make the necessary sacrifices, because at the end of the day, your future is in your hands. Sure. And the future is definitely in your hands, uh, Patuchezo Masongani there, South Africa's latest sprint sensation. And we seem to be producing a lot of the sprinters uh, lately. So well done to everybody involved in the scene here. Well done to all the coaches here yeah, whose uh, work uh, goes uh, unnoticed sometimes. Uh, you're doing fantastic work over the past uh, few years. Yeah, there is a resurgence, there is a rise when it comes to South African sprinting. This kid, 19, 10.06. That's a national junior record, by the way. And he is just... Akani's record, SA record for the 100 is 9.89. So he is just 0.17 of a second away from Akani's record. That is incredible for a 19-year-old. He's got a best time of 20.50 in the 200 meters. He can only get better and better and better under the legendary Carl Lewis and, of course, coach Leroy Barrel there, another uh, great sprinter himself there, Patu Cheto Masongani from Soweto. That's where he comes from, and he is going to represent us uh, on the international stage. Definitely, hopefully, he stays injury-free and he can focus on his running.